chapter 5. And uh, I want to uh, continue with the class on home and family uh, marriage. Uh, this is a great need in this generation. And so I've asked the question uh, each week and made a couple of statements. Run them out of the uh, fellow, the uh, foyer. Uh, I've asked the question, uh, why is it during the Depression that grandfathers and fathers and great-grandfathers, perhaps some of you, why they had no money, they couldn't go on dates, couldn't eat out, they had no TVs, no Disneyland, no... Why did they do so much better with marriage than people today who seem to eat out constantly, have every manner of entertainment, vacations unending, uh, every kind of uh, recreation imaginable. And uh, my conclusion is they did so much better with marriage, one is they didn't have the money to run. They had to work it out. It's called commitment. The other reason is they communicated. Uh, they spoke, and then I did the one shot on the stranger in the bed, the smartphone. Uh, told about the guy who got a smartphone tattooed on his shoulder so his wife would touch him. Uh, she held the smartphone more, talked to it more, and this could be men as well. Listened to it more. Uh, when it spoke, um, uh, er, nothing else mattered, etc. We talked about husbands loving your wives. Uh, we've moved through a number of dynamics in the last probably uh, seven or eight weeks. Um, then last week, um, uh, we moved into submission. And I want to read this, uh, verse uh, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. We talked quite a bit about that. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. So last week, uh, we didn't even uh, really touch on the wife submitting, but we touched on the revelation of submission. Uh, what is the revelation of submission? Any of you see if you learned anything or how good a teacher I am. What is this word? What, what, is, what is the revelation of submission in life, kingdom, etc.? Anyone? Yes. Okay, that's true. Someone else? Anyone else? Any married people? <laughs> yes, Espianza. Um, more than just uh, do's and don'ts, like more like. Pardon a, me. More than just do's and don'ts. It's more of a, like a, um, like a blessing. Like, for from my experience, you know, it, it has always been just like rules, like do's and don'ts, and submit, and just a whole bunch of like uh, rules, I guess. But once you know. I decided to submit with the, with the right heart. God began to bless me. You know, it was just something more better 
than what I thought it was going to be. It was just, it's more like a blessing, like God blesses you, you know, inside, spiritually, mentally. Yeah, submission, as she said, is an issue of the heart. Um, you're not going to, out of your flesh, beat yourself into submission to your own husband. It's going to be very difficult. But submission is a, it's a, it's a, it's a dimension of the heart. And someone else, Israel? Submission is, is God's design to bring freedom and blessing into your home. Okay, that's true exactly. Uh, submission releases these incredible dimensions. And so someone else. Uh, in, yes, Fred. <coughs> uh, submission also opens the door for the possibility of bonding. Okay. Yeah, you can't leave and cleave without submission. The two will not become one flesh without submission. They, it will not happen. Someone else. What have you learned? There's some other dynamics here I'm wanting to pull out of you about submission. Uh, and I'm not even, it's a dynamic of the kingdom and life. Someone else. What does this mean to you? Yes, Jessica. Um, I would just say um, I cannot submit to Ed, but um, I can submit to God. And so I know that God's order for the home is that I submit to my husband, and so I do that in reverence to the, to the Lord. That's what it said. Submit to your husband as unto the Lord. If we'll get, we may get to that. Uh, very good. And so someone else. What, what, uh, Ralph? It's not natural. Okay, we mentioned that. Yeah, it's not natural to submit. Someone else? Anything else? Anything else you want to throw in the mix? Uh, nothing functions in life without submission. This is, this is a law of life. The church... Uh, if you read the whole text, he said, uh, even as Christ submit, remember Jesus in the garden, he submit, Father, if it be possible, let this, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, he submitted. He said, I came not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And in that, uh, salvation was released. And then we, we gave another illustration last week. Uh, who can remember that? Yes, Billy. You talked about the body, how the body submits to itself. The hand does what the brain tells it to do. And, you know, if the hand didn't submit to what the brain told it to do, then, you know, you'd be smacking yourself in the face or, you know, you wouldn't be able to eat, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Sub submission positions you in life. Submission positions you in life. It, it's a, it places you in the role. Uh, and this has to do with employer and employee. This has to do this and 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 the military term. No military can function without submission. 
There's all kinds of different functions. There's medics, there's cooks, there's sergeants, there's captains, there's gunners. There's, uh, uh, I mean, it's unending in a military. And for a military to be strong and powerful, each one knows its place and functions there. And as Billy said, your own body and the body of Christ, the pastor, is, is, is God, Christ, um, the, the pastor, and then it flows on down. And, and it, it, you cannot function properly in life without that. Your own body, as I said. And Paul uses this illustration. What if, you know, if your, your eye said, I don't want to be an eye. I mean, if you saw me trying to eat through my ear, you would think there was something. Uh, and, 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 or, or my ear said, you know, I don't want to listen. Uh, I, I want to taste some things. And, 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 and uh, confusion, and that's a mark of, 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 of a body that's, that's out of sync. Great sports teams, great sports teams, uh, uh, Walton, uh, the coach, won uh, 10 what, national NCAA championships, twice that of Coach K and Duke. Uh, he said the best talent doesn't make the best team necessarily <clears throat> because you have to know your play. Submission puts you in your role in life. It brings about God's design. <clears throat> what if you have an automobile? An automobile has to have these different parts functioning in their place. What if, what if you tried to make the tire a spark plug? You know, or you want the carburetor to be the front seat. See, it, and, and when you started, if, and I might add this, if your marriage is going to move in power, if your marriage is going to carry weight, if your marriage is going to be blessed by God, move in power and strength, it's because, husband, you have loved your wife and are loving your wife. Wife, you are submitting to your husband in respect. And so, okay, uh, I think you've got, I need some scriptures this morning. I'm going to need uh, you to get these. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Uh, Daniel, if you get that. Uh, 1 Peter 3, uh, 1 and 2. Who will get that, Fred? Uh, uh, Ephesians 5, 33. I want to read that again. Uh, Jason, if you get that, Ephesians 5, 33. Uh, Genesis 3, 5. Adam, if you get that. Ephesians 5.22, we'll need that again. Who'll get that? Ike, if you get that. First uh, Peter 3, 1 through 6. If you get that, Raymond, uh, uh, we want to look at that and we'll see <coughs> how far we get. And so uh, uh, submission, you must, is an issue of the heart. And how this computes out, you yield, listen to me, wives, you yield in the decision-making for the home and life. Doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. Doesn't mean there's no disagreement. My wife and I have disagreed before. Doesn't mean there's no discussion. But at the end of the day, you yield in your decision, in problem-solving, direction of the home when the problem demands an answer and it needs solving you yield 
There's no mark of... Uh, <clears throat> the real test of submission is when you don't agree. No problem. And I, I mentioned that last week. I told J. Rell that time when the twins were small stand ourselves. We said we never had any problem with them. Uh, they're wonderful, our house. We don't have to spank them or nothing. She said, yeah, Dad, because you give them everything they want. And so uh, uh, there's no problem submitting when you get everything you want. And so uh, you can't both be the umpire. You can't both be behind the plate. Can you imagine a baseball game and you got two umpires behind the plate? The husband and the wife are not playing the same position when it comes to authority, taking responsibility, and making the call. And we're not talking about abuse. We've been through a lot with the husbands and loving and etc. It's not being destroyed by his ego. I'm not talking about that. It's not losing who you are as a person. See, one of, one, of the, uh, one of the tragedies today is so many ladies, you've been fed this whole media mindset that if I submit, I lose my identity, I lose who I am as a person, and I'll totally be annihilated as a human being. That's not true. If you only submit, and, and you, you know, <clears throat> we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute. Uh, submission is an action. Respect is an attitude. Submission is an action. It's a behavior. But respect is an attitude. And the problem, if you say, you know what, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm going to grip my teeth and wipe. I, all right, I'll submit you, stupid slug you. Uh, the problem, you'll be filled with resentment. You'll be filled with bitterness. Uh, if you're not careful, uh, you'll become rebellious. Because that's why I did that whole session the kingdom of God, and we're going to talk about this a little more here, but submission is a freedom word. Submission is a deliverance word. It's a word that positions you in a place that you can function, and not only that, the husband, it positions, he is your, he protects. Submission will bring your marriage to higher levels of intimacy, not just with your husband, but with God, as Jessica Botnicki said. Because as you each, as you become one flesh, as you become one flesh, and that's the purpose of marriage, a husband and a wife is different than a man and a woman. A husband and a wife is the covenant of marriage. And submission brings you to great power and influence. It's about completion. Husband, when you love your wife, the wife submits to her husband as uh, under the Lord. He loves his wife as his own body. 
There's something powerful in completion. There's a harmony. There's a unity. It's about cooperation. And in that, you have incredible influence. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 through 12, gives us this understanding. Two, two are better than one because they are good, or they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. Okay, what if you knock the other one down? It says if you fall. doesn't say if you kick the feet out from under him. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, read the rest. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But one can be warm. One, oh, but how can one be warm alone? The, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Okay, one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand, other scripture. But here's the three dimensions of life that when you link your life together, the Lord Jesus, threefold cord, your husband and your wife, when you link yourself together, here are the three dimensions of life. One, when you fall, somewhere in life, Things, you'll trip, you, that's the nature of life. <clears throat> Probably not a person here that you haven't fell somewhere along the way. Physically and, and, and in truth in life. The other is the climate. When you're cold, the climates of life, the culture of climate. The demonic, we wrestle not against principalities, powers, rulers, of, a spiritual host of wickedness in the high places, in the culture and in the climate. And then, and then the third um, uh, has to do uh, with, with just uh, 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 the, the, this demonic aspect. <clears throat> Someone knocks you down, etc. But anyway, uh, the principles here, uh, the problem in life so many times, we don't see the whole picture. This, listen, if you can grasp this. Your wife, listen to me, ma'am. Your wife views life, the pictures of life, the circumstances, the dynamics, conflicts, people pictures, spiritual ministry. Your wife and you see this differently. You, you have a different angle. And rarely do you see the whole picture by yourself. <clears throat> this is why when you come together, especially when God sees the whole picture, you see, I would to God a few times in my life, Connie warned me, and I wish I'd have listened. <clears throat> to be honest with you, I wish I'd have listened. <clears throat> About people. She saw something instinctively. She felt something. She, she came from, and I said, honey, oh, come on. Look at him. I mean, and I'm rationalizing. I'm going at the, and she's not, what she's saying, I said, well, where do you get this information? She said, I, just, I feel it. I said, no. Would to God I listened to her a couple times. I got burned really bad. But you view like, and, but when you come together, when you come, you're not, sir, you're not so insecure that you're intimidated by her opinion. 
You're, you're not, uh, you don't feel that your manhood, every time she has an opinion, that your manhood is being challenged. And wife, when you respect your husband, it dissolves a lot of that. I'm going to try to get to that aspect this morning. But, uh, uh, and I, again, I'm not talking about submitting to something that's immoral, ungodly, unholy, evil, or unrighteous. I'm not talking about if your husband wants, he suggests something and, and, and he has, maybe he's backslidden or he's a wingnut and he suggests something that's uh, totally unbiblical, some kind of perversion or, or, or anything. I remember years and years and years and years and years ago, probably before I even came here, there was this couple in one of our churches and his wife worked in the bank and, and um, the pastor was a friend of mine and this guy uh, encouraged his wife to steal money. And she did. And it turned out bad. Well, don't do that, ladies. Your wife, uh, your husband's trying to enlist you into crime. Don't do it. Or uncleanness or ungodliness. So we're not, it says submitted to your husband as unto the Lord. And so we're not talking about insanity. We're not talking about some kind of unholiness or ungodly. First Peter 3, verse 1 and 2. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chast, conduct accompanied by fear, conduct by fear, I'm sorry. And when they observe your chast, conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Go ahead, read the rest of you. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is a very precious in the sight of God. Okay, let, let's stop right there. I'm going to uh, deal with the rest of it. But uh, uh, what does that mean? Let, let me get some input here, ladies. What does that mean to you? Uh, when it says, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. <clears throat> what does that mean to you, ladies? Say, I don't want to know what it means. No. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean to you, wives? What, what, what is that saying? Yes, Alicia. For me, Pastor, during the time when um, Fred wasn't living for God, God dealt with me about being more Christ-like regardless of Fred's actions or his words. And to me, it was a chance for me to really exemplify Christ-likeness in our home and for me not to do the things that I normally would do it was for me to respond in a Christ-like attitude to be nice even when he didn't want to be nice even when sometimes I didn't want to be nice I was still would do what was right because God was touching my heart to do so and as I saw that 
the nicer um, I had became, the more godly words that I, would be able, I was able to use, I noticed that I was changing inwardly. And I noticed that everything around me began to change, even in my husband. And I began to see how God's word can work in my life and show my husband Christ's likeness in our home. Think, think of these words again. It's talking about an unsaved husband, an unbeliever. And uh, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. <clears throat> one, listen, ladies, one of your most powerful testimonies to your unsaved family Unsafe friends, co-workers, <clears throat> is how you relate to your husband. I'll tell every would-be pastor's wife, one, if you don't respect him, don't expect the church to respect him. You badmouth him, put him down. And, and so, so uh, it says... <clears throat> Your submission, and remember, submission is a choice that demonstrates a heart of respect. Respect is an attitude. It's mentally how you view him. You honor him. You give him his role. You're not... Uh, you know, like I say, I've been out with couples before. I'm talking to him, and she's answering. And I, and I have a few times. I said, dear, if I want to hear what you have to say, I'll ask you a question. Let the man speak. Please, let him speak. <clears throat> and it's interesting. It adds to this. It says, your adornment. Don't let it be merely outward, arranging your hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. You can look like a million bucks outwardly. But Paul's saying, but what about your heart? Of a gentle, a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. What do those words mean to you? Are, are you, a, a, you know, are you just, uh, you know, are you just this rogue woman? Someone else, what does these scriptures mean to you? When it says your conduct, your demonstration, your actions, your response, to your husband has the ability to win him. How you view him, how you speak to him, do you value what he has to say? Do you thank God for him? You know, you can disagree and have respect. You know that? Because one is an action. The other is an attitude. 
He's trying to get you to do something. Say, honey, listen, I, I don't think this is, this is right. And, and I don't believe the Lord wants me to do this. I'm, I'm not going to do this. I love you, but I'm not going to do this. And you know it's not right. So what does this mean to you? Come on, ladies, wives. Yes. Um, there are so many times that I have um, known that the Holy Spirit, like I didn't have anything that I wanted to say or nothing nice to say even. And so, you know, how you've heard the saying, like, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all. And so um, I've spoken before, and it may not have been necessarily like being mad or angry or like arguing, but just not anything nice. And then afterward, and then it, I could I could feel and see that it's like building up. And then I'm like, okay, I messed up. I, I shouldn't have said anything at all. And then like later, you know, like God really is convicting me. Like if you had, you know, like if you had just been quiet, you know, but it's so hard. And I'm like, why is it so hard? Um, but sometimes it can be so hard. And um, it's amazing because the scripture, you know, you read it and it does say without a word. And so, like, I think about the times that, like, just not even saying anything was better than me thinking, like, my wisdom or my knowledge that I think I have could, you know, um, you know, make him change his mind about something or tell him, you know, that I, you know, that he's right when I think I'm doing it in a nice way. And it, and it's really like simple, like, no, I didn't have to say anything, but it's like our flesh feels like we, when we think we know something, we feel like, you know, God is not capable of, of convicting them himself, you know, or like <laughs> God doesn't, you know, like, like any, you feel all this afterwards when you realize it didn't get you anywhere and it just caused more drama. And then God is speaking to you and convicting you and saying like, you know, I got this, I could, I can do this without you even saying anything, but it can be so hard sometimes, Pastor. Yeah, I know. Do you escalate the problem, wives? <clears throat> Do you escalate the problem uh, with your mouth, with your attitude, uh, with your behavior? Do you escalate the problem, or do you contribute to the answer? Let me read another verse. Uh, who had <coughs> Ephesians 5.33? Who will read that for me? <coughs> Did someone have that? Jason. Jason Wolf. Jason Wolf, where are you? Okay, let me read it. Ephesians 5.33, let me read it. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his wife uh, um, as his own as himself, let the wife see that she respects her husband. And then I want to read um, uh, verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. I want to say, make a statement to you ladies. To rebel against your husband is evil. I'll tell you why it's evil. As a Christian woman, because you violate and distort this picture of Christ in the church. 
In other words, Paul is saying marriage is a typology of Christ in the church. A woman who dominates her husband is painting a picture of a rebellion against your eternal husband who is Jesus Christ. He is the eternal. We are the bride. He is the bridegroom over and over. He's the heavenly bridegroom. When you rebel, you're saying, I am the Lord of my life. My way is as good as God's way. I know better than I have a right to choose my own destiny. No one is going to rule over me. Genesis 3, 5. Did I give that to someone? If you'd read that, Adam. Genesis 3, 5. This is, this is what you're doing right here. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What you're doing, you're buying in to the deception that if you say, I'm going to rule my own life, I'm going to make the decisions. When you rebel, that's what you're saying and you're buying in, I'm going to be my own God. And you're distorting. I wonder today if one of the reasons the world is so messed up today in America is because the church has sent a distorted picture. Marriage is a picture to the world of our relationship with Jesus Christ and his higher purpose. And submission paints that picture. Paul in this whole text, he's saying a proper marriage is a revelation of the mystery of Christ in the church. Let me ask the wives here. Wives, what kind of picture are you painting to the world? by how you relate to your husband uh, when it comes to the kids. And, and again, men, you have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to lead your family in the things of God. Love your wife. I've dealt with that, but I'm on, I'm on the other side of the coin now. And, and it's gotten very quiet because many of you, you've bought in uh, to some uh, TV psychology from hell. And some of you... Uh, like I said before, you've never seen a real godly marriage. You came from a home that was everything but what I'm teaching. We've had women here testify. Our whole, all the women in our, church, our family hated men. We'd rather be beaten than to, than to submit. And there's probably reasons for that, but I don't make it right. If you're saved and born again, how many believe this book? I mean, uh, do you believe this book or do you believe what you're being taught in many of the schools today? Or do you believe what uh, somebody on television has said? Or do you believe the women's... What do you believe? Or do you believe what your mother demonstrated? But I'm telling you, if you're going to leave and cleave and become this powerful force for God, one of the secret dynamics of, of, of ministry fruitfulness is right here. If you have any aspiration to pastor husband and wife, right here is one of the great secrets of fruitfulness. 
husband of one wife. That's what the Bible says. It's talking about once you're saved and you live for God, you can't divorce and remarry because you violate this. Picture. Can't violate this. And ministry. Ministry, see, is not about popularity many times. I'm not saying just be gross and buy, but I'm ministry. And, and sometimes the, the fruitfulness uh, is, is these, are these hidden factors. Let me, uh, let me touch a, a couple of things. And, and uh, uh, submission is an action, respect is an attitude. The old King James says, wife, reverence your husband. As unto the Lord, like as unto the Lord, according to the Lord. As you do this for your husband, he's saying you're actually doing it to me. God will bless this. God will honor this with incredible favor and influence and reward. Amen. And here you become powerful and begin to uh, move together. Amen. I want to open up for any questions. Uh, uh, next week I'm going to come back to 1 Peter 3 about the endowment. Uh, women today are consumed with outward adornment. It talks about the, the platinuming of the hair, the wearing of gold, uh, and apparel. But and, and that in itself is not evil. But if you miss the real adornment of your heart, this the, your spirit, your spirit talks about a meek and a quiet, a a chasteness, a chase, a purity. So anyway, I want to I want to open up. Didn't get much response on that. Uh, yes, Rose. Is Connie prompting you as my wife? Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead. I'm messing with you. I want to go back to children. Um, to children? To, to children, raising children. Now, Isaiah is a grown man already. And um, him and Tom, uh, for some reason, uh, Isaiah had a fallout with Tom. And um, we were living with my other son at the time, uh, Martin. And uh, Isaiah was angry with, with Tom. And he'd walk into the apartment wouldn't talk to Tom, talk to everybody, ignore Tom. Now, this happened a couple of times. And um, Isaiah ended up walking out door outside. I followed Isaiah. Now, Isaiah's a grown man, and I understand that he's a grown man. Well, I walked outside, and I told him, don't you disrespect my husband. And he looked at me, and he goes, well, my dad, I said, no, 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 no. Don't you disrespect my husband. You don't go in there and you talk to everybody and you ignore my husband. I said, you, if you're not going to respect my husband, then you're not going to, then don't come in and talk to me either because that's my husband. And he goes, well, we had a, no, you go and you get it right. And uh, just by saying that to him opened his eyes that it's like, no, you know, and it, bonded them together. They talked about it, got it all. Because Tom would try to talk to him and he would ignore him. And it was like, no, that is my husband. You don't disrespect my husband. And, and it really bonded them back together and, and it showed Isaiah, you know, it's like you have to respect your mom's dad. You, 
It doesn't matter how old you are, you still respect your mom and dad. Of course, yeah. Yeah, respect is powerful. Respect is powerful. Uh, honey, uh, what's your uh, opinion? We've been married, uh, what, 43 years of submission. What's your uh, definition, yeah. opinion of submission? <laughs> Say, say you're going to take Pastor Artie's shot, huh? You're going to take about an hour? <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> no, um, well, I'll tell you, well, when I was reading in Ephesians uh, several years ago, God gave me a revelation that however I treat my husband is how I treat God. Uh, and, did you hear? Uh, however she treats her husband is how she treats God. Yeah, and it reflected, I'm, of course, I'm almost perfect, but not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I always think of that. I think, you know, it's, and then I have to repent to the Lord when I'm not doing well. But so what's your it. working definition of submission for these young ladies? We've been married 40, you got great-grandchildren. Uh, what, just talk to them out of your heart, honey. What submission, how it works out in life and what it means. I don't know. You got me on the spot and I can't think. <laughs> oh, you can't. Um, Go ahead. My mind. Um, it's when you submit to your husband. It's you're also submitting to the Lord, but you're. Um, I forgot what my thought. I had good thoughts on that at one time. <laughs> um, What did I tell you the other day? <laughs> I asked her the other day. Uh, she's been <laughs> reading uh, through the Bible and uh, this year and last year. And uh, I asked her the day. And, and, uh, but I, w I want you to, you know, if you can't remember, you can't remember. But uh, in the relationship of marriage, somewhere you as a woman, as a wife, you have to define submission. You have to. It can't just be me up here speaking. I can't be just even reading it from the Bible. Somewhere that has to compute out in your role in the marriage and your behavior and how you treat him when you disagree, when you're angry, when you're frustrated, when you may think I'm right to the bone. And one of the problems today is uh, dominant, controlling mothers raise weak sons. You don't blame me, just look at the Bible. It's all through. I preached a sermon on it at Prescott a few years ago. Dominant, controlling, manipulating, these, these aggressive, they raise weak sons. They're weak spiritually. They're weak morally. They're weak in their manhood. And what they do, many of them, because they go out and have to prove their masculinity uh, in seduc seduction and perversion. They go out, they have to, I got to prove I'm a man. And so they go out and they fornicate or take some kind of arena of life. So anyway, um, we want to pick it up next week. I'm going to ask you ladies a question. Uh, who is your role model? Is Sarah your role model? 
Read 1 Peter 3 again. The Lord bless you. Praise God. We'll pick it up next week. So every time you're done with the mic, you got to put it on the stage. So just go up there since I'm running.